Hey, welcome to Whitefields Community Church Sermon Extra. Great to have you with us this week. I'm here with Pastor Nick Katie. He's the pastor of Whitefields Community Church here in Longmont, Colorado. And we are back in our series called The Risen Life. And this week we were looking at the restoration of Peter uh, there in John chapter 21. And if you missed that sermon, whitefieldschurch.com, you can get over there and you can download that. Or you can find it on any of your favorite uh, podcast platforms, whether... It's Apple Music or Spotify. Um, we're also on Anchor.fm, uh, and you can find us there. And if you would, please rate, review, give us a like, give us a subscribe, give us, you know, pass it on, share, leave a comment. These kind of things just kind of boost us up in the in the ratings. And so when people are asking questions, you know, about God and about life and these kind of things, we can give them Christ-centered God-centered, gospel-centered answers to their questions. So whitefieldschurch.com if you missed uh, Sunday's sermon and it was called The Restoration of Peter. And one of the things that you talked about was kind of was in your summary statement for that was, and you know, maybe it needed a bit more elaboration or that was just an important thing for people to really grasp onto was that um, in order for restoration to take place, there must be death that leads to to life and that idea of something needs to die someone needs to die to bring restoration yeah so on the one hand this is kind of a play on words but on the one hand um jesus had to die in order to restore our broken relationship with god this is something paul talks a lot about in second corinthians chapter five where he talks about how god has god was in christ reconciling the world to himself and now we are called as ambassadors or agents of God to go into the world with this ministry or calling to to bring about reconciliation, to bring about reconciliation between God and people. And then um, Paul says in Colossians chapter one, he says that in Christ, God is ultimately the ultimate, the end game for God is he's reconciling all things to himself in Christ. And so we know that in the kingdom of God that is to come, uh, there is no more division amongst people, right? Division and separation is caused by sin, and yet we know that things are being reconciled. And so for us to be agents of reconciliation means to, to move towards reconciliation, to seek peace wherever possible. Um, now, it's not always possible because we live in a broken world and everything, but wherever possible, we want to be agents of peace. Um, so furthermore, not only did Christ do that, not only has he given us this ministry, but in order for reconciliation to take place, sometimes somebody has to die. And what I mean by that is, or, or maybe in every case, somebody has to die. And what I mean by that is that you have to die to yourself. It takes uh, humility. And we see that with Peter, right? He starts out so proud, so full of himself, so arrogant, uh, so condescending towards the others. Even if everybody else turns away, I never will. I'm ready to die for you. Now, on the one hand, we understand this is Peter, you know, feeling zealous, but, but he's not thinking through what he's saying, right? Because here are these other people standing right there. And he's basically claiming that he loves Jesus more than anybody else. And of course, that's what Jesus calls him out on. But Peter, I think that's what's so interesting is that Peter, we see there at the end, uh, and I, I tried to bring this out, that not only did Jesus die and raise from the dead, but this, this series is about us living out the risen life of Christ in our lives. And we see that with Peter, that he has died to who he was previously, this man of arrogance, this man of, of pride. And now we see uh, humble Peter. And it's almost like now, 
he's ready, right? Now he's ready to feed the sheep and tend the sheep. Um, you would think that failure would disqualify a man, but Jesus says, no, no, no. If you take your failure and you let that humble you and bring you to a place of, of restoration with me, you know, you bring that before me, all that does actually makes you more useful because now you're humbled. Now you, you really understand who you are and, and rather than looking to yourself, now you're looking to the Lord uh, to be your sufficiency, to be your strength, uh, to be the one who gets the attention and the praise and the glory, not yourself. So in order, in our personal relationships, somebody needs to die. There needs to be a humbling uh, of our pride, a laying down of our lives for other people in order for a re relationship to be restored. And what's so amazing about this situation is that Peter is the offender. Jesus is the offended party. And it's Jesus who seeks out Peter. It's Jesus who lays down his life in order to restore this relationship and then seeks out the restoration. That's such a countercultural, you know, so against our, what, what's ingrained in our human nature. We, we think, okay, yeah, sure. If that other person comes on their knees groveling to me and begs for forgiveness, then yeah, sure, I, I'll forgive them. This is just the opposite of that. This is the offended party saying, I'm going to be the one to take the first step. I'm going to be the one to lay down my life. And uh, that takes a ton of dying to yourself, which is what we're called to do. We follow a man who, who modeled that in the ultimate form. Yeah, no, I think that was one of the most beautiful pictures for me, especially this kind of defines for us just God's character and God's nature, uh, nature and the fact that he was the pursuer. You even say you could say he was the aggressor <laughs> in seeking forgiveness. I mean, that, that was, you know, sought out Peter sought out the conversation and, 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 and reconciliation, having paid the, the ultimate price. And I, you know, we had been talking, we talked on a different podcast episode just about the, di the, the difference between Christianity and other religions. And isn't that, that's exactly it, right? That God is the pursuer of man. God is the aggressor in bringing that reconciliation, that peace, uh, you know, and we we saw that from the beginning of the Old Testament all the way through fulfilled in, in Jesus. And uh, that separates us from all the other religions where man is the the pursuer of God, the aggressor, the seeker, mm -hmm. you know. And uh, but but we see here a beautiful picture of what the truth really mm -hmm. is, is that God is the pursuer of our hearts, mm -hmm. you know, and the aggressor to bring that reconciliation between between us and himself that I, yeah that's just an amazing picture right in that that little situation there in John chapter 21 just kind of brings it to life you know uh, in in many ways well just <clears throat> I'll just jump in here you know it's that that famous painting in the Sistine Chapel right of Michelangelo on the ceiling of the Sistine Chapel where you see uh, God reaching out with everything he has to touch man and man just kind of half-heartedly limply uh kind of reaching out his hand. I mean, that, that really is the story of the Bible. The story of the Bible is Adam and Eve sin. They hide from God. God comes in the garden seeking them out, right? That's the story of human history. And, you know, so sometimes you talk about people, oh, now this person's seeking God. Yeah, but God's, <laughs> it, the, through the whole through and through, God has been seeking them, yeah. right? God has been seeking us, so... Yeah, no, that's that's an amazing, amazing thought. And we got to take that away from that interaction with Peter and Jesus. And uh, there was a couple things you were not able to get to in your sermon just because from time constraints. And I just wanted to cover uh, a couple of those here before we close. 
Yeah, so I didn't hit the end of the chapter. I had originally mm -hmm. intended to, but I saw that um, there was so much to cover, and I really wanted to bring out the emphasis there of the, uh, you know, Peter's failure, and then this this thing, this interaction with the Greek words of different words for love. But at the very end of the chapter, here's what happens. You remember, uh, it says that Jesus says, I think it's verse 18, 19, Jesus says to Peter, Peter, you know, when you were young, you went wherever you wanted, you dressed yourself. But when you're old, you'll be taken, your hands will be stretched out, you'll be led where you don't want to go. And it says that by this, Jesus indicated the way that he was going to die. And we know mm -hmm. that Peter was crucified on a cross in Rome, um, bound, and, and his arms were spread out. And so Peter's being told, essentially, you're going to die in a horrific way. It's not going to be fun. And yet there's this sense in which Peter must have been in a way, glad to hear that because it means that he's he is going to be faithful to the end, um, and and the final thing Jesus says to him is follow me, and then there's uh, there's this interaction where Peter says uh, he apparently looks and there's John and he says, well what about that guy? How's he going to die? <laughs> and and Jesus is like, you know what? Um, you let me worry about him, and you follow me. And that right there is the end of Jesus' words in the Gospel of John. The final thing he says, follow me, which is so interesting because the Gospel starts out with Jesus seeking these disciples and telling them, follow me. And it ends with Jesus saying, follow me, right? And so, um, yeah, so the thing with, with John there is really interesting because Jesus says, what is it to you if I keep him alive until I come back? And then John says, well, I just want to clarify here. Apparently there's this rumor going around that I'm going to live forever or I'm going to not die. Um, well, that's not what Jesus said. He just said, what is it to you? So uh, eventually John did die and uh, he died. It didn't help, though, that he died of old age. And he's like the only one of the apostles who didn't uh, get martyred. And it wasn't for trying, right? Yeah, they, yeah. they tried to torture him <laughs> and kill him. And yet uh, he kept living for a long time. But he did die before Jesus returned in glory. And uh, it's just an interesting point. But then there's this final statement where John says, these things have been written so that you would believe. But if all the things that were written that Jesus did uh, were written down, they, they, there wouldn't be enough libraries in the world to contain all the books that they were written in. Now, on the one hand, that's a bit of, you know, artistic uh, hyperbole, right? Sure, yeah, eventually, I mean, you could write down all the things that Jesus did in his life, and it would. there's probably mm -hmm. enough libraries to fill it, but perhaps even what he's saying is that the work of Jesus didn't end right there. The work of Jesus continues on. I mean, that would be in line with what John said in chapters 14, 15, and 16, where he talked about the Holy Spirit coming and continuing his work. And so, um, I just thought this, this idea was really interesting. I, I had wanted to share it, but this would be kind of what I would have shared. I would have said, you know, if all the things that Jesus has written down over the last two, or Jesus has done were written down over the last 2,000 years, would your life have a line in that book? Would your life have a line in that story? You know, here are the things that God did in the life of Nick Cady or whatever your name is, right? There's a line. Yeah, here's what he did. And um, I just think that's a, that's a powerful idea, you know, that, Jesus is still working and your, your life can be part of that story of what he's doing. 
Yeah, no, I think that's, yeah, that's an amazing question to end on, actually, is are you part of the story of God today? You know, do you, is your name, you know, written down as one of those lines and those many things that Jesus has accomplished and still continue to accomplish? You know, just think through that, you know, are you part of God's story and how's God using you uh, to impact others so that they too may become part of the story of God? So just something to think on this week as you go and you, you think on these things, think on that restoration of Peter. And all of that, too. Just a lot of stuff to think through. It's just a great, great passage, great interaction. A lot of things that Jesus said that we can think through and think on. And as the Spirit of God just speaks to your heart about those things. So if you missed any of it, whitefieldschurch.com. Get over there and you can download it. Please subscribe, ring the bell, do all of that. We look forward to seeing you next week. God bless.